When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. And we are finally home. We made it. We had a day of travel yesterday, and we are ready to dive into what just happened. And that's going to take a while to uh, essentially wrap up or, or talk about or get to everything because there are so many major things that happened. But uh, first, let's, let's hear from our guy, Willie Smalls. What's going on, dude? What's going on? It was a great... Uh... NCAA tournament as always um and from most people would say uh one of the craziest NCAA tournaments they they've ever seen now do we say that every year Christian do we say man that was a crazy tournament or um was this year truly unique um well I can't speak for everyone but I know personally I I don't think I've said it recently and I don't think there's any comparison when you talk about it's not just upsets going uh, happening. It's not just you know Zeke Moisey pinning Thomas Gilman. It's the round one um, ridiculousness. The the hammers that were falling I, that has to be unprecedented, and it would take a a little while to go back and, and look. But I I feel very confident that that many seated wrestlers, that many high highly seated wrestlers going down in round one uh, is completely unprecedented, and it. Uh, the insanity kind of went throughout um, up until maybe day three and, and things more or less leveled off. Um, but it was still you know, an amazing yeah, day three. In the, um, maybe this um, kind of foreshadows that, but if you saw in the, I did the article called by the numbers. And um, if you saw the amount of uh, highly ranked guys that went down and then it played out into um the number of guys that lost in round one and still came back. Some years there's only one uh, that lost in round one and came all the way back to All-American. Yeah. Uh, this year there was five guys that did that. 
That's insane. Um, yeah, it's really insane. And um, also playing into that is the fact that there were six guys to make the semis and then lose three consecutive matches. Triple dip. So um, just just a total flux everywhere. Yeah. Um, it, it was – it was something to see. Um, every weight has had a lot of storylines running through it. Um, but first, it was cool to um, kind of – we didn't have much time to walk around and go about, but it was cool getting some feedback from you guys, uh, people coming up to us, talking to us about it. Someone called Willie the mainest man. That was kind of – I thought that was funny. So there are people out there listening. That's good to hear, and it was cool to meet and talk with you and find out that this is something. Yeah, it, was that, really the, uh, it was really the first time – um, we were stuck behind the press uh, table the whole time and, and during the breaks, uh, pretty much working through the breaks. And um, me and Christian did have uh, a brief moment, a brief window to go out and socialize. We hit the fan fest. And it was really the first time that uh, since we, since Flow Radio, we started Flow Radio Live and it, it became a um, pretty decent-sized thing. A national that, sensation. Uh, <laughs> That we were out amongst the fans, and me and Christian were walking around, and the feedback was great. So we thank you guys for listening, and it was, it's good to know that uh, people like the show and, and appreciate appreciate the um, flow radio. So yeah, I echo, that was really echo, cool. I echo those sentiments as well. Um, all right, it's ten oh four. We've wasted yeah, enough time. Let's, let's dig in. Let's dig in. One twenty five. Um, uh, you gotta figure the the story. Uh, of the tournament, regardless of how the last match went, is is Zeke Moisey. And right. So final was Tomasello over Moisey. Um, Moisey couldn't quite get through Tomasello's defense at all. He couldn't find openings. Couldn't move through them. Um, but before that, Moisey carved up a couple big guys. Uh, so um, he beats Nation Garrett to two seed. He beats uh, Eddie Clamara, a guy that's given him trouble in the past. Uh, he beats Thomas Gilman, the sixth seed, um, who uh, <laughs> going into the semifinal said he had never heard of Zeke Moisey. Uh, <laughs> it's probably true, though. I mean, but it's funny. Well, it's very uh, evident he hadn't uh, watched a, a terrible amount of film on him, considering that cradle is kind of like uh, iconically associated with Zeke Moisey. Not that he's like this notorious cradler, but... You know, that match, the Tomasello Moisey match, is like, you know, one of the best matches in Ironman history, maybe. I mean, it's incredible. And, you know, he comes, he crunches a cradle from uh, that exact position. So uh, I thought that was kind of funny and then somewhat evident that, and I get that, you know, you don't go around worrying about every wrestler. Um, so I understand why maybe Gilman hadn't heard of him, but it, it's just kind of funny that he, he was clearly unprepared for, for, that, for that hold. And um, man, well, I, you know, it, it kind it, of. Go ahead. Well, you know, Zeke Zeke's from my neck of the woods, and I knew Zeke since he was a little kid. And um, the you know the knock on him, he was very talented. He placed highly, placed placed as a super thirty super thirty two as an eighth grader, and and always in the thick of things at every tournament he's gone to. One flow nationals in one year, um, but his thing coming out of high school was and when he was a, a junior and senior um coaches worried about his, his toughness and his mental toughness his ability to close matches and stuff and 
the, the thing that um, I think every college coach that looked at him as a prospect, uh, when they saw that Gilman match, when you know he closes out the, the Nation match the right way, and then he goes out there and completely attacks uh, Tom, uh, Thomas Gilman, the coaches must have been like, well, something changed in him because he is not soft in the least. He is not even close to being not tough. Yeah. So, um, and I, the know, thing that, is, that, you that watch. have a lot to do with okay. Sammy the Bull. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And that's why I, I was pretty high on Zeke. I know I'm not going to pretend I predicted this kind of success, but I watch him and I know athletically he can compete and in many cases outclass um, all the guys he's facing athletically. I just think, uh, I just, the way he moves, his, his speed, the way he wrestles, I know he's, he's up there. Um, he's one of the best athletes at the weight. Combine that with Sammy the Bull, unseated. I liked his draw, um, not to make the finals. I just liked his draw in general. I thought he could do well, even losing to Nation. But, uh, man, he looked great. Um, wonder what they're going to – they still have that redshirt option. He started this season as a redshirt. I was at the Hokie Open talking with him. And he's like, yeah, I'll be doing a lot of these open tournaments. And, like, literally a couple days later, he wrestles in the duel against Arizona State. I was like, oh, wow, things changed. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> obviously – um, that was the right call for West Virginia, and right away, Sammy the Bulls got it going in the right direction. So um, that's on. Uh, that's enough on Zeke, I guess. Uh, did you want to get to Joey? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, the other guy you have to talk about it that way is uh, Joey Dance, who was who was so darn close. And I had, I mean, you could before the tournament at NCAs, you could fill out your bracket in any a bunch of. Uh, permutations, you know, especially when there's not a, a Logan Steeper in the way. So, um, you know, do I take Dance or do I take Gilman or, I mean, do I take Dance to win the whole thing or do I take Tomasello or Waters or whatever? I mean, to me, Joey Dance was in the conversation for the national title and he goes and he has a lead on Thomas Gilman. He should win that match. Uh, he should be in the national semifinals. And in that semifinal, he would have had Moisey. Who he'd beaten. So so a decent chance to get to the finals. And then he would have had Tomasello. Uh, a decent chance to beat Tomasello. So um, Joey Dance ends up losing that match, forced OT, losing it in overtime. And so Joey Dance goes from um, still having title hopes, guaranteed All-American, to dropping down and then losing um, – to Connor Utsi, so the highest of highs, and then he and then he falls out and doesn't place, and and I just, uh, I just want to pick your brain on that. Um, well, we, we knew the Gil. I mean, the 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 execution late against Gilman, I thought was, you know, y you run a little there, right? I mean, don't you, yeah. don't you, don't you? I mean, you stall to, to win, and that's I shouldn't say that, but. I mean, at this, it's just what we see at this level. That's what you do. You build your lead. You get two takedowns. You're up five to one. Now you manage the match. And, um, you know, credit to – for the reasons he didn't do it, I don't know. Um, but but Gilman – credit, you know, give credit to Gilman for, for keeping the pressure on and maybe forcing him into uh, some some situations where, where he could score, and he, he got it done. Oh, yeah, you certainly, you certainly credit Gilman. But also, you, you see a match or two like this every year at the NCAAs where – a guy gets a lead, and it's almost like he doesn't know what to do. He completely shells up. 
like uh, like Reese Humphrey did at Worlds in in the semifinals or the quarterfinals or whatever. It was a quarterfinals, I guess. Yeah, it was quarterfinals. Um, you know, you get this lead, and and how I said, you know, in expert picks at the top of uh, the expert picks column, I wrote that, uh, you know, you start witnessing the tournament and you're. You make these picks. You make. You have your ideas of what, who, and what guys are, and then you see two minutes of them, and your opinion totally changes. You can be like, "Well, this guy's not wrestling so sharp," or, "Oh my God, this guy is going to win a national title." And when Joey Dance goes out there and takes Gilman down, I mean, he comes out firing, right? Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh my God, Joey Dance is going to win a national title." And then he loses. Then he shells up, and he loses that match. And and you know he's probably he he blows that match. And then he's obviously not too enthusiastic about wrestling in the backside. No disrespect to Connor Utsi, but you figure that um, Joey Dance can beat Connor Utsi. Yeah, and we see that all the time. You know, drop down, and you never know what's gonna happen. And the guy you're facing is gonna be coming through red hot. And uh, the the margin for error is so small because all these guys are so excellent. So really, um. Virginia Tech, nice tournament in, if you just say it out loud, four All-Americans, top ten or close to it, finish, I think they finished 10th. Um, but you, you got to feel like you left one out there with Joey. You left some points on the board. Devin probably placed as high as he as he could have, even though he gave up that upset. Um, but still, Virginia Tech got to feel like, man, this could have yeah. been We'll, we'll get to more. that let me yeah. ask you this, Christian. In your what, uh, in your assessments and, and moving forward, you know, uh, we're still digesting everything from NCAA's. But when you move forward and you look at a guy like Joey Dance, phenomenal season, fourth as a as a true freshman, um, his sophomore season, um, on the precipice of a semifinal berth, and then all of a sudden doesn't place. Does that change who Joey Dance is for you in any way, shape, or form? No. No, it doesn't no. doesn't change it for me. Um, right. I do think it's interesting. His his uh, two seasons have basically like been mirror opposites of each other. And that bad regular uh, season, amazing NCAA's, and then it flipped this year. Um, mm-hmm. Great regular season and poor, uh, by relative standards, NCAA tournament. So um, yeah, I don't think any differently. He's he's going to be in the hunt to win a title next year, and he was in the right. hunt this year. And if you finish in the round of twelve. Um, depending on who you are, I, you're, you were good enough to win a title, and it, it just didn't happen. And that's there's, that's the case for a lot of guys, not just Joey Dance. Yeah, and that's that's a, a topic for another day. Um, th- this this week we're gonna do Flow Radio Live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I have to uh, fly to NHSCA Virginia Beach on Thursday, so we're not gonna be able to do it at the end of the week. But um, we're gonna talk about the NCAA brackets here, and then. Um, at some point, we're going to definitely talk about Real Buto and, and Ian Miller and maybe things we'd like to see change. And then Wednesday, we're going to do a, a, a sort of senior send-off thing. So um, we'll, we'll get into those when we get to them. But uh, that, that's our schedule, and, and we'll get to that when we can. So uh, moving on to um, 133, uh, Cody Brewer did it, Christian he Piles. Did. He did. <laughs> He did it up. What a, uh, yeah. It, it, I, I, I'm, I'm somewhat speechless because I don't care. Well, here's, let's paint the picture for the people at home. A lot of people got, there was, there was a sector of wrestling fans that 
said that Cody Brewer was being underrated, underregarded, maybe even a little disrespected. And we even said on the show that, yes, he's a two-time AA, but his body of work, you know, who he beat in the course of his career and who he beat at NCAAs and who he lost to at NCAAs did not warrant him in the discussion with some for, of the other guys. For what he did. And I, I, I stand by that assessment. I stand by I, it, too. I, I, I reserve the right. I reserve the right to be wrong. Uh, about an assessment, but at the end of the day, he had earned the the ranking he had that that this year, and he had not been so spectacular the year before. Let's not act like Cody Brewer had done this in the last two NCAs, um, where right. he was seventh and eighth. Okay, let's not right. pre- let's not Here's pretend this is what the- Cody Brewer's done every year. Cody Brewer jumped levels at this tournament. Has he That's always right. been this good? Maybe, but we have not seen it. And his, the the path he had was brutal, and he navigated it in dominant fashion every step of the way. Not a competitive Dominate. match at any point in time. Dominated, and so here's a case where um, people are saying, "Well, we told you so." No, you didn't. No, uh, you got he lucky. Did not pr- he not, didn't get lucky. He was you not, not that guy beforehand, huh? I was saying they they got lucky. They didn't know. Now Cody Brewer didn't get lucky. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you didn't know. That's all I'm saying. No, they didn't know. Cody Brewer was a different human being this weekend than he was in his past uh, to even even this year, um, where we didn't see him against a lot of high ranked guys during the course of the year. But Cody Brewer, absolutely phenomenal, dominated everybody. I he thought went, I thought he, he could have been the O W. Fall major, 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 11-8. And that was not – it was not that close. That match was not – It uh, wasn't that close. He was no. so like, much he better. He shut down the last half of the match against Clark. But, I mean, he just worked uh, the top seed, 15-3. <laughs> it was I – mean, get real. I mean, he gets doubled in the first, like, 10 seconds, and then he's like, okay, watch this. I mean, he looked um, – I mean, he looked like the best wrestler in the tournament, regardless of weight. Almost. I mean, I thought I truly thought he should have been, not should have been. I, I get why Logan was at OW, but um, no, I don't. All right, yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, oh, what I'm saying is, I get. If someone had asked you who's going to win OW at the end of the tournament, Willie, you knew it was going to be Logan. Is what I'm oh, saying. No, no kidding, no kidding, because that's how they do it. The, the at every tournament you go to, just about it's a. Um, career achievement award, and it shouldn't be that. It should be well, who was the most outstanding wrestler in the six matches that they won. Well, and the most outstanding what? The, Logan was far more dominant than Cody. You kidding me? Um. So he was more outstanding. It's just that you're just comparing Logan to Logan. That's the only difference. Logan was far more, uh, far more dominant than Cody, and I think anyone in this tournament. I mean. He, he, I mean, Logan every, got taken down by a one-footed guy. Uh, 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 as did Cody Brewer got taken. What are you talking about? He got. Imar didn't. Imar didn't. Ringer didn't. Who cares if they got taken down? Look at the margin of victory. Who? Why are you getting bogged down? He got taken down by a one-footed guy. He massacred everyone every step of the way, including Mitchell Port. Massacred. Okay. He was right, the maybe, most outstanding. In, in general, in general, in general, they're oftentimes. Right, but this was not. I, I see what you're saying, but, anyway, but this was not anyway, one of those. Cody cases. Brewer, Cody Brewer, not only won the tournament 
as a 13 seed, he dominated his whole I, I After watching this, I don't know if I'll ever pick against Cody Brewer again. Like, in ever. any, you know, Olympic trials. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> Olympics. Uh, but, no. Right, so, Hats off to Cody Brewer. Cody Brewer is now among the Pantheon. Uh, but other things at 133, two guys, A.J. Shop and Mason Beckman, both lost in the first round. Both came back to medal. A.J. Shop taking third. Mason Beckman taking sixth. The, um, the, the interesting thing about that is it's not like they lost to, um, you know, guys that went on a run and were hot in the tournament. It's like no. they lost to Rouser and Richardson, and you're just like, oh, well, they're done. And especially A.J. Shop. I was like, dang, A.J.'s done, man. A.J. Shop coming off a loss to Ronnie Perry. A.J. Shop missing a huge portion of the season. We don't know who he is. We don't know how healthy he is. He loses to Ronnie Perry in EWLs. He loses to Caleb Richardson opening round where he basically does nothing. And I'm like, Shop's done. Done. Shop's done. Put a fork in it. Over. His career's over. And all he does is freaking dominate the backside <laughs> to the extent that he wins the Guerrero Award. <laughs> it's it's and, unreal. And, I mean, you can't you can't you use all the data that you have in front of you, and then the the kids just be like, it's still up no? to them. We we have other ideas to the point that we had a conversation, Crazy. Willie. We're like, the interesting thing about Shop is he's like not good on top anymore. Like he can't turn people. Um, that was after, of course, the Richardson match. I was like, man, you think, yeah, he's really hurt, but he'd still be able to get on top and crunch people over, and he can't do it. I don't get it. And then he proceeds to um, win the Guerrarian. So. Guerrarian, and he wins the Guerrarian. He pins everybody in the backside and then um, beats the number one seed for third. So. <laughs> wow. It was awesome performance. Crazy. And, uh, and that was the reason yeah, we didn't like – hey, we mentioned not liking Dardane's draw for that reason – so, in a way, we were kind of retroactively right. Yeah, yeah. Um, one other thing I want to make of this 133 bracket before we move on is you look at the Big Ten guys, and basically you shake them up in a bag any given day of the week, and what comes out comes out, right? right. Don't you think? I mean, the uh, Julius doesn't place. The Julius gets beat by Eric Montoya. Um Jimmy Goulibon pretty much completely controlled the two-seed Taylor. Uh, it, it's just there's no real consistency in the Big Ten, is there, at 33? Uh, uh, well, when, I, when I say consistency, I mean head-to-head -head results. This guy beats this guy today, tomorrow, something else. Dardanes was that uh, consistent guy. Right, um, he right. didn't lose to anyone in the Big Ten either. Um, he lost to Brewer. Well, I guess what I'm saying is going forward. But yeah, Dardanes, yeah. Dardanes is other gone. Other back. I mean, when you go to evaluate uh, Goulibon, Brewer, I mean, Goulibon, DeJulius, um, Clark, even Eric Montoya, Ryan Taylor, you know, now, now maybe that Montoya win is a little bit the, the outlier, but Zane the rest of the guys, Zane Richards, uh, Rossi Bruno, you know, it's, I don't know. To, an extent, of, to of, an extent, it's true, but there's, there's a tier there. You know, I think Clark, Goulibon, and or Taylor are probably on a tier. Oh, there's certainly a tier. There's certainly a tier, but when you see some of these results, when you see Goulibon beating uh, Taylor 9-4, and you see Montoya beating DeJulius, uh, there's tiers. There's always going to be tiers, but you have to think on any given day with this group, anything could happen. Yep, agreed. Let's do uh, 41. So on to 141. 
you know, Steber over Port was the projected matchup, and that's what we got. One of the few weights where the projected matchup actually happened. Steber being Steber, Port um, utterly dominant until um, he gets to the finals and faces Steber, tweaks himself a little bit. Um, but the story at 141 was Kevin Jack. Yeah. Um, when when Kevin Jack beat Jeva, I was like, geez, Josh Jeva, come on. And it turns out Jeva had a nice tournament for himself. And then Kevin Jack goes on to beat Devin Carter, and then I view that loss completely differently. Um, but what a – I mean, they made that decision late to pull that red shirt. And, um, man, did it did it? So ever they knew what they out? had in them. Yeah, they did. But it's hard. Right? But it's hard. It's hard. It's really, it's really ballsy to um, – it's really ballsy to, to be in your wrestling room with a true freshman mm. – and maybe your true freshman is doing good in the room and then saying, yeah, we think we should pull him. Because sometimes you don't know if that success is going to translate. You're basically using your eyeballs to say and how your guy is doing in the room and saying, yeah, he can probably uh, he can probably go with the best. More than anything, you got to know the guy's mind, right? you got to know um... – you know, you can see their skills, and you can kind of know based on that. But you got to know this kid's not gonna turtle up. He's not gonna. The lights aren't gonna get to him. Um, so I. I'll tell you what. They were nervous about it. The coaching staff was nervous about it. Yeah. They said to me, they were like, um, you know, maybe we didn't expect this. We knew we could compete, but um, him him having this tournament really makes us look not stupid. <laughs> yeah. Because so you know they they were worried that. They're going to pull them. Maybe something not great is going to happen, and people are going to say, well, why the heck did they do that? But they certainly made the right decision. They knew what they had in him. Yeah. He beats um, – He beats, and let's not, let's not go – let it not go under, under the radar either. Uh, of course, he beats Jeva. Of course, he beats um, Devin Carter, but he also beat in there with Joey Ward. So three really solid wins in a row for Kevin Jack to reach the freaking NCAA semifinals as a true freshman. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Truly, a very very impressive performance and a name we won't soon forget. And credit to the NC State coaching staff for for taking a risk and it really pay, paid off. And um, hey, it was I mean his his Carter win was legit. You know, it's like yeah he, it caught, he caught him with one move, but it's not like Devin was off that day. A lot of people probably wanted to catch Devin Carter in one move. And uh, they all got slaughtered. Yeah, but uh, hold Kevin. on. You can say he caught him in one move, but then he came back with a takedown. To no, Steve. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the one move changed the match. I, I, I don't want people to think it was, a, it was a fluke win. That's my point. I'm saying right, right. Uh, and, and people would just say, oh, he got him with one big move. But everyone was looking for one big move against Devin Carter all year, and no one hit one. So um, there you go. Carter wrestles back for third. He's the third best guy there. I feel pretty confident in that. So that all worked out. Um, forty-nine. So Jeva, well, let's let's talk oh, more, yeah, Jeva. real quick. Uh, Jeva loses to thing, uh, Jack. But how about he beats Dardanes eighteen to four? Dang near tech them. Dang near tech. eighteen to four. <laughs> how does that happen? Like two weeks ago at Big Tens, he beats um Dardanes five one, and we're like, oh my god, Jeva beat Dardanes five one. He beats him 18 to 4. Mm, crazy. Now listen, what if I told you that Nick Dardanes would be a one-time All-American? Um I would be surprised. 
I, I feel like you're more surprised about that than I am. And I'm not saying I predicted it. But, but, this um, is a guy in top five for like the majority of his career. I See, I don't know if – I don't know about that. Um, you don't know? I, I don't think he was top five. In, I feel like you've put him up high. I mean, last year – or his freshman year, he was like a, a nine or a ten seed coming into NCAAs, and he lost in round of 12, which is what he should have done. Then he places as a sophomore, but he wasn't a terribly high seed then. Um, then for I mean, last year, what can you say? He he was the he was a two. He was seed. a two, so you expect him to place there. Um, but I yeah, I don't know. I'm just I, saying overall. I mean, the legacy of Nick Dardanes who could beat anybody on. Uh, he he technically he beat Logan Stever this year. No, he did. No, he did not. But no, technically it should have went to overtime. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we're talking about that level of a guy. And, I mean, and he has won All-American in his career. It just, you know, jumps off the page of me when I see it. Yeah. Okay, on number 49, Buda Shell over Habit. Uh, great bout there. I thought Habit really rose to the occasion. I like, I mean, what a great win um, over Surtis. Uh Great match there. Um, but then... But then, and Hudishell, you know, Hudishell, Hudishell. I thought, I thought, I picked Hudishell. I thought he was the best of the bunch, and Habit really attacked early. And um, did he attacked the whole. Was... No, he attacked the entire time. He took literally all the shots. Yeah. He took all yeah. the shots. Dave Habit took all the shots. Uh, Hudishell was close to countering many, many, many times, and eventually Habit took the shot that was uh, ended up shooting himself in the foot. There, he went down swinging, and he was swinging the entire time, and. Uh, Hudeschel executed a game plan of of uh, counter offense and it worked, and he's a national champion. Uh, I think you wrestle that weight uh, a couple times, you probably get a couple champs. But he was the one seed for a reason, even though I don't think he he earned that. But he earned this championship, and I think uh, yeah, hats off to him. Good match, yeah. but but I don't want to uh, let's let's remember how the match was wrestled. Yeah. So I mean, not a lot of whole surprises at 149. I but don't think. one thing, um, one thing I did notice uh, that I found really interesting, Sertzis, um, when he was down to habit, I mean, it wasn't two seconds he was in on the leg, and then he was in on the leg again. And you gotta be like, man, you could do this any time, man. You can get to the legs any time. Well, I feel like I, I think that's gonna be a big takeaway for him moving into the next season. I I got to interview him and. Uh, he he said the pressure, you know, you win as a title as a freshman, um, the pressure is huge. And uh, he said he wrestled with that pressure this year. And um, you know, he still wrestled back for third place uh, at this weight. Is that that's it, you could see you could see that unraveling a little bit for some guys. And so I credit Sertzis for wrestling back for third. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I gotta. You know, you're thinking maybe I can be a four-time national champ, and then and then you lose a heartbreaker, and then you got to wonder how guys are going to wrestle back. But um, he did it. You know, that's what takes a lot of integrity uh, and a strong mind. Um, but I, I had that written down too, and I think we're going to get to that in a different show about certain guys that have the talent and have the ability to, but uh, identifying certain guys that just don't pull the trigger or wrestle too conservatively. And certainly I think it's safe to say Jason Sertzis fits into that mold because um, he plays it way close to the best. Um, but we'll get into that at a different time. Uh, 149, 
Um, nothing real surprising other than that. I mean, it's not surprising that Sersos loses a, a one-point match because he wrestles so close. But Sorensen, fourth as a freshman. Uh, BJ Claggin, fifth as a freshman. Great tournament for him. Um, um, he, he was a guy, got a, I mean, coming in hot, wins EWL, beats beats Dave Habit. Um, you can't take anything away from him. I mean, he was, you know, borderline ranked guy much of the year. He was a guy um, – there's like little pockets of guys that have like Twitter, like a Twitter faction behind them, and like they they advocate on their behalf like all the time. Like Cody Brewer had them, and BJ Clagan had them. So like people were wanting him ranked like the entire year, and even though really uh, until late it, it wasn't warranted, but that you could always see the talent, right? Like everyone knew he can wrestle at this level, he can score at a really high level, and. Um, uh, excellent tournament well, it for him. Takes, it takes some time, you know. It t- it takes some time uh, for most guys uh, to go from really talented with the ability to beat guys to learning how to win consistently and, uh, and, and close, closing out matches. And that seems like what we got in 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 um. Yeah, and I'll Clagan. say I think people you know, will Clagan's get. Two lost. Clagan lost twice. Yeah. In this tournament. Both of them were two one to Sertzis. Right, right, and uh, I, the Villalonga wins a really nice win, but you know he goes, Perez, Cobb, um, Lenny Richardson uh, on the backside, and Rashada. So good guys, all good guys, but none. Uh, the Villalonga is the one that really jumped out to me. So I feel like it was one really nice win, and then him having it against some other really good guys. So one last thing at forty nine, I was really. Um, Kind of happy to see Dan Knapp place, even though it was, you know, he took eighth. But uh, it was nice to see Lock him and get one on the board. And um, Neff was a guy that I saw coming out of high school. I thought, man, he's going to be a really good, uh, he's a really good prospect. I like his potential. Um, and then he, he kind of was average-ish. And uh, to see him get an All-American, that's, I was really happy with that. Uh, on to 157. Uh, Martinez, real Buto, of course. We have Mar- Martinez being Martinez. Close one with James Green, though. Three, two. Why does? Oh, well, first question, Chris. Why does uh, Green seem like the only guy can keep it close with Martinez? Um, I don't. I don't know that answer that necessarily. Green's pretty, pretty freaking hard to score on, and I think it was a. Uh, I think Martinez knew that he was the guy that could do, that could beat him, and I think he came in and executed a very specific game plan whereas against most guys he just comes out there and and, and reckless abandon reckless abandon take... and i think he knew he couldn't do that against green uh, a moment a, yeah. a, a moment where he opens himself up he's going to get taken down and he knows um that maybe uh, now martinez can score with anyone but i think he knows that it's very possible if he gives up a takedown green can execute um and and, and win the match so it was about match management for for him and um, g- good job by him because that was the match we had circled and highlighted. I think we still were right that that was the spot it was going to happen if it was going to happen to Imar. Yeah, and, I think uh, we had we had Green as the only guy that could that could only only guy that could really do it. And I think probably Mark Perry knew that too. And so um, credit those guys with doing what had to be done to win the match. And and geez, he's incredible. Isaiah Martinez undefeated. Uh, national champ as a freshman, first to do it since Kale. Um, uh, on the other side of the bracket, 
and well, we are going to de dedicate a lot of time to this. So we're just uh, later on. So we're just going to touch on it briefly. But the real Buto Miller debacle is something that uh, I cannot let sit without without going ballistic on. Um, if you if you missed it, if you happen to miss it, uh, Brian Brian Robuto won the match in overtime. That shouldn't have had to go to overtime because Ian Miller had more points after regulation. Um, and we'll, we'll get into that later. Yeah, but, we got a couple interviews. We got interviews with the NCAA guy. Um, we got two interviews with Jim and Andresi, the Kent State coach, and we got an interview with Ian Miller. So be sure to check those out. Those are on the site. Um, so yeah, and two two definite. You know, seeing these seniors go, see, seniors you you love to watch, and you kind of see them. You feel like you watch them grow up. Although that's maybe a, a little bit of hyperbole, but you know, someone like Dylan Ness and James Green, seeing them. Uh, Seeing them go, especially the emotion of Dylan Ness, knowing he couldn't wrestle that last time he was injured, and um, oh, it was Bader, a awesome, awesome. Bader was, Bader had tears on his eyes. I mean, so so Dylan Ness goes out there, and he's hurt. He's, oh my God, did you see the Twitter pictures? Yeah, I I heard about them. A million people now are gonna go to uh, Ness's Twitter, but his pictures, Jesus, it looks like his shoulders fell off. But uh, so so apparently Dylan Ness um, cannot he cannot wrestle. He goes out there for one last time, I think, just to say goodbye to the fans. And he he accept, um, he lets um, somebody basically win the fourth. I think it was Ian Miller. It was Nick Brissetta, and, uh, and it was cool because it was like you know you, he goes out there. Probably he wants to say goodbye to the Minnesota fans and the entire place stands up and claps because they know everyone knows Dylan Ness. He's a fan favorite, regardless of the team you root for. And uh, it was, it was an, it was one of the, the moments I won't forget. Uh, there were a lot of unfor unforgettable moments, but that's one that's going to stick with me. Just his yeah. emotion. He really kind of, uh, you could see the emotion on his uh, you face. You had to, you had to feel for him. He was, he had his, his fingers on his eyes. He was crying and, 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 um, you know, the reaction by the entire crowd uh, was really heartwarming to know that um, even, even say, Iowa fans who are known to, and, and Penn State fans who are known to just love their own wrestlers, for everybody in the arena to applaud him and say, what a great career. Um, always, always entertaining. Always made us watch. And, and tip of the cap to Dylan Ness, who had a fantastic career. Um, Absolutely. Tough to see him go out that way. James Green too. You know, you saw. Um, I think I think that James Green and Robert Kokish, who we'll get into later. I think they had a lot of respect from the fans nationwide. And neither of them went out with a national title, but they both ended up winning their last college match for third, and that was kind of heartwarming as well. Um, but back to fifty-seven. Anything else you want to talk about there at fifty-seven? Like I said, we'll rip. We'll rip apart the Miller Robuto conversation. Yeah, no, on. let's 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 move on. Let's get to sixty-five. All right, sixty-five. Um, is, is Alex? I mean, Alex Daringer. How good is this kid? My, he. I mean, we were sitting there. His closest we there, match now. this year is six-one against Bo. Mm -hmm. Five points. I mean, that's the closest. I mean, no one else. I don't think anyone else can make that statement. I mean, even and, Logan. And listen, it was six-one. It was six-one because Bo was so good on top. I mean. That ate up a lot of clock. But, um, you know, we're sitting there, and this, I think maybe some of you guys that sitting at home listening to this show will say, uh, yeah, you're out of your mind. Um, 
But we're sitting there watching Alex Derringer at NCAAs, and we look at each other and we go, can Derringer go with the seniors like like Dakin Taylor and Burroughs? Can he go, can he wrestle with them? I And so – go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, I think he can he – can, he can make it competitive matches. I mean, with Burroughs, I don't know. But I could see him uh, j- just by the way Dake wrestles to an extent. Um, those two guys would have some hand fights, and, and you favor Dake, and I think Dake wins. And uh, I think I would love to see him wrestle Taylor because I think it's it's a real contrast. Is Daringer so hard to score on, and and Taylor's such a dynamo. I think I think those would both be competitive matches. I don't think he beats either. Um, I think there's still a learning curve there, and I still think Dake is – I don't see how Daringer scores on Dake, honestly. He is good, and maybe that's stupid. Maybe I'm an idiot for saying that because um, maybe Daringer can just score on anybody. But I think he's he's in that conversation. You know, I think of uh, think of Tyler Caldwell. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a notch below those elite guys at 74, but I think Daringer's surpassed him. So he's kind of between the first and second tier, maybe. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Well, right? here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. I have no questions about Alex Derringer against anybody in the NCAA. So Heck. the next logical step for me is I just want to see it. I don't know. I'm not going to make any um, pronunciations about uh, what Alex Derringer can and can't do. I'll just say I'd like to see it. Yeah, agreed. And uh, Andrew Howe, another guy in the mix there. That um, he he could potentially, I think he could compete with him. I really, I truly yeah. believe he can. I think he's a. So what else? What else do you make of 165? I mean, um, Bo Jordan lost the one match, comes yeah. back and for third. Uh, uh, Sulzer loses to Cooper Moore. Um, you have the, you know, Mike Moreno, the number two seed, goes down, doesn't even play. Right. Yep. Yeah, um, I I wondered if you know Bo being opposite Daringer. What was good because he was on fire in the backside after losing. What he had, did he have two pins? Um, in his last couple of matches, I mean, he was he was amazing. And uh, those pinpoints, I mean, they, they ultimately weren't the difference because Ohio State won by a little more than that. But um, I, I think it was great for him to go out, um, go out with that win. I thought he looked great the whole tournament. And um, man, he's gonna be uh, if uh, if there's speculation Daringer might move up. Um, Bo, you got to figure. He's looking like the guy to beat, even though cousin Isaac has the win, had the win over him. So um, I liked him. And one thing that is, that kind of kind of sad to me in a way, Pierce Harger, he he potentially could have been a finalist, and he doesn't place. He's warming up, and he like dis- yeah. he like dislocates his shoulder or something, and um, he can't finish the match against Ramos. Which Ethan Ramos was another story. Um, that I'm not gonna say that he beats Ethan Ramos um, healthy. Um, but it's probable. I mean, he came out, he scored the first takedown despite the, the injury. Um, but, but anyways, what kind of what could have been? Because then he'd have Taylor Walsh, who he'd also beaten. Uh, and he's a, maybe he's a finalist, and instead he has to injury default or medical forfeit in the round of 12 and just doesn't really go out the way. Yeah, um, it was tough to see, especially a senior, right? Yeah, and that was kind of another theme. It's like this sport doesn't care. Uh, right. You know, there's there's hurt? nothing romantic about this. I mean, it's so rare you have that moment. It's like a uh, uh, Josh Kendig 
injury against all odds. Um, it's like a Disney thing. It's like, yeah, he's gonna come. No, it doesn't work like that in this sport. No, this sport buries you. I know. It's not like you can, you cannot overcome a, an injury. Like you can't be like, you can't like have a knee injury, and and still do what you're what 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 you can do. You can throw a touchdown pass, you know, if your left knee's bothering you. You can't you can't win a national title no. like that. No. Um, but how many? I mean, injuries plagued so many of our superstars. Like you said, Josh Kindig to. To Pierce Harger, Steber. To, uh, Not that he was a senior, but a lot of a lot of guys and a lot of seniors, and and uh, nice. tough to, for that to happen to a senior like Harger. Uh, of course, my fantasy team with Ethan Ramos um, enjoyed the benefits of that because he racked up a lot of bonus. Yeah, points. that's pinpoints there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um. Yeah. So um. I, again, another senior send-off show on Wednesday. We'll talk about some of these guys, like Nick Solzer, a guy that I. And thoroughly enjoyed watching his career. Um, he took fifth at, at 65, so we'll, we'll hit on some of them later in the week. Move to 74, CP. Yeah, 74. Um, there's a lot of different. Though I want to start with something first um, as a ranker, and I just want people to just step in my shoes and think things through. Let's be logical. Um, two. Let's compare two round of 12 matches. We had Curtis Jolson versus Joe Latham, two unseated guys. And Blaze Butler versus Zach Epperly. Okay? And let's... I mean, this is why I don't get so obsessed with All-American finishes. And people freak out because it's like, oh, I'm trying to say it. I'm not taking away the kids. Right. I'm not... It's not taking anything away from them. I'm just saying I'm not going to evaluate based on this when this is what round of 12 matches can look like. Sometimes you get Zach Epperly, who beat the first and second place finishers this year, and Absolutely. sometimes you get Joe Latham. So calm down, and I promise you next year, in all likelihood, I'm going to get heat for how I rank Curtis Jolson and Joe Latham, and I'm going to have to have this conversation. So let's remember this. Let's mark this episode where um, people want Blaze Butler – who beat Curtis Jolson this year, um, want him ranked behind say, Jolson. Right. They'll say, but Jolson, but Jolson was an All-American and Butler wasn't. Well, look, it, 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 I'm, I'm telling you, even the NCAAs cannot be, uh, cannot be just the finishes. It has to be head-to-heads. Yeah, and here's it's the like, thing. Every year I get, but this guy took six at Ironman. Yeah, well... He had, he beat zero people of relevance. Yeah. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that Joe Latham isn't relevant. I'm saying uh, he is less relevant than Blaze Butler or Zach Epperly. Yeah, by by a tremendous amount. And and also, it's not like Jolson's not going to move up. The kid's going to move up. He'll, I'm sure he'll be. I mean, I have no idea, but I'm certain he'll be a probably top ten or twelve guy. Um, so he's going to get a bump. And we put a, and that's another thing. We put a ton of weight at the NCAA tournament, a ton. But I just will never be beholden to it, and this is why. Um, so that's that, so you, that jumped, you out. jumped out. At one seventy four, you jumped out with that situation first. But let's talk about let's talk about the finals. I mean, Matt Brown. First of all, Matt Brown. I said freaking in like. November that Matt Brown is going to be the guy to win the NCAA tournament, and then at the end of the year, I don't. I picked Kokish probably because I love him, 
and I love Nebraska, uh, and because he beat Brown at Big Tens, but darn it, I knew Matt Brown was going to be a thing. Um, now, but the big story is Wilps, man. Yeah. He, it, Ty Wilps, who comes in as an eight seed, who, you know, his best finish ever at the PA tournament was fifth. That's the highest he ever placed in Pennsylvania State tournament. Completely like a, I mean, even as an eight seed and like an under the, I mean, he's been under the radar. No, nobody, nobody was picking Wilps. He didn't have a and, win in that tier, uh, you know, at any point in his career. Nobody was picking Wilfs at all, and he was a national champ after six minutes and fifty seconds. Yeah, I mean, I just to, to lose that way, I, I feel for the kid because you give up a stall point and a locked hands in literally like the last three seconds of the match. Um, like when he got, there was a reset with ten seconds to go. Yeah, there was a reset with ten seconds to go, and he's winning five four, or or four three. Yeah, and he loses in regulation. And stalling call, locked hands in the last ten seconds, he loses five four. Yeah, that's um, that's a bad way to lose, and and I feel for him, but he should still hold his head high. I mean, he beats Kokesh, he beats Crutchmer, who was excellent all tournament long, um. And uh, he was right there. He was so close to being a national champion. I mean, he. It was an impressive tournament by him, and um, yeah, I'll view him differently from now on. Like I'll, I'll, instead of a guy, I felt like he was, you know, the fifth to eighth best guy, kind of all along maybe. And um, heck, he, he, he was so close to winning. And man, when he got that takedown late, what a, that was an amazing moment. Um, yeah, it, it just because it just everything was kind of going the way he thought it would. It, Brown was better. He was winning late. Bam, he gets that takedown. And sure enough, he loses uh, in, in, a, in a sequence where I think we'll talk about that more tomorrow. I don't want to dive too much in there because um, we're, we're running out of time quickly here, 12 minutes to go. Uh, 74, what else you want? I want nothing because we're, we're, we're running out of time. And we could, geez, we could do a two-hour show every day. But let's move to 184 um, where a lot of things got busted, really. And um, and Kenny Court like paced Ohio State to a national team title. Yeah, he Kenny really... Court did. Kenny Court did, Christian. I know, I seen it. Uh, he, he was great all tournament long, um, making the semis. You can say, oh, favorable draw, but no, he beat Zilmer uh, in round one. That was not a favorable draw. His draw stunk, and um. Yeah, Stauffer lost, but Stauffer was maybe a bit of a, uh, not a hollow three seed, but one that well, here, he was not so as, Kenny, as proven. Kenny Quartz comes out of high school as a freaking phenom. And the guy might be the best athlete in the building. And the knock on him has always been toughness and closing out matches and, and gas tank. I mean, he was close to All-American finishes before but he loses matches late. And for him to, okay, so he beats Zilmer in overtime. Then he beats a kid from Davidson. Then he's down late to McCutcheon, and he beats him in overtime. I mean, that's hard. That's stones. He, I don't think he wasn't down late to, I mean, he won in overtime. It was a 3-1 match. I don't think he was ever in With Dayton. who? McCutcheon? 
Yeah, it was three one in sudden victory. It was seven five. Oh, 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 I'm looking at uh, McCutcheon's match with. Yeah, you're right. Apologies. Um, so I mean, he gets a takedown late. I mean, he battles back. That was a seesaw match. Take gets a takedown in overtime. So I mean, the knock on him was his late match abilities, and he wins two matches of his first uh, three in overtime. Um, wrestles all the way back for fifth, beats the sixth seed Zomer again in the fifth place bout. Uh, so, I mean, how valuable was Kenny Quartz, you know, kind of um, exercising the demons of his past and, and, and living up to that blue chip kind of label as, as he came out? That was a big story in, in, the, in the tournament and in the team race. Also, uh, uh, Vic Avery as a 13 seed making the semifinals. Man, talk a little bit about he was right there. I mean, to uh, I felt like um, Dean was a little more offensive that entire match. But man, he he wrestled Dean so tough, and there there was a flurry there. He was in on the leg, and th I mean that's the problem with Dean. He's so hard to finish on. But um, he he was right there, and he was someone that um, you know he even said in an interview with Zeb, CP doesn't give me any love because I didn't have him that high, and you know it was he. This is a kind of another one where, like, almost with Cody Brewer, it's like you can be really, really good, but I, I can't just rank because you are good. I have to rank based on uh, really good wins. So I don't feel like I slept on him, but I, I definitely view him differently now like I do Cody, and if that makes me late to the party, whatever. But I just got to say, Vic Avery, here's your love. You are the man, um, and I came away thoroughly, and, and he, thoroughly I mean, impressed with of, you. And I loved he his – came out of wicked quad, uh, like – Decal, yeah, uh, his, Meek. His draw stunk. He had, I mean, sorry, Nico Reyes is good. He had him in round one. Yeah. Um, that's a yeah. kind of a tough, uh, you know, first round match. Then Decal, he beats him in a crazy match. Then he beats Meeks. It was a it was a meat grinder. And I love because I listened to that interview with Zeb, and he's like, I don't care what I'm ranked. He's like, Jared King. What was he? The twelve? Doesn't matter. I can win. Yeah. And like he. He literally, because a lot of guys say it, but you wonder, does he believe it? Vic Avery clearly believed that uh, you can't say enough about Edinburgh. You can't say enough about Edinburgh. We were talking about them last year, and we're talking about it again. You can't say enough. Edinburgh's big five. How freaking unreal is this? Edinburgh's big four, uh, which, you know, going into the tournament, I don't even know if Vic Avery was included in that big four. Right. Um, I mean, there was like a big three. But Edinburgh's big four All-Americans. They had two guys take second. They had two guys take third. Edinburgh's big four went 23 and four. Stupid. 23 and four. You know what else is remarkable about that? Wrap that around your noggin. They, it's like other teams, like you've got like you have eight really good guys that can place high, and then, you know, six of them or five of them place. They have four. All four do it. All four, and, and it was kind of like that last year. Maximizing your potential and maximizing your points. It hardly ever happens. Uh, it's just so hard to do. So uh, hats off once again to Tim Flynn, one of the best in the business, if not the best. There's so many, like, there's so many things to talk about at 84. I I mean, McCutcheon had a good tournament. Dudley had a good tournament. We could talk about this for days. We can talk about um, Sammy Brewer. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. Willie Miklas. 
I mean, Willie Miklas was considered an X-Factor coming in. We talked about it ad nauseum for Missouri's chances, and, and he came out of, out of a horrible draw to still All-American. We could talk about that for days, um, but we're, we're running short on time, so I want to hit the team thing at the end a little bit. So 197, Christian. 197. I didn't have a, I didn't have a ton of tremendous takeaways here. Um, there was some talk. Um, should Snyder have been hit for stalling more against Jaden Cox? And watching the match, I thought it was officiated properly, but then just kind of hearing everyone else, I wanted your take because we actually have not talked about this. Well, I think I think that I think that uh, Cox was in on so many shots, but I don't know if Snyder was technically stalling. I mean, he's he was circling in. I mean, yeah. he was he was on the edge a lot of times. Cox had him on the edge a lot of times, but Snyder fought back and circled in. And I don't think uh, if he would have been called for stalling, I wouldn't have been surprised. But I don't think it was egregious that he wasn't. Right. Um, I did think that Cox out wrestled him certainly the last half of the match, but out wrestling doesn't mean you should really win. I mean, so I, Snyder did what he had to do to to win the match. Yeah, a tremendous savvy for a true freshman mat, uh, uh, match awareness, I guess. Or, Management skills. Um, Kyvin Gadsden. I love, love Kyle Snyder. Like, Kyle Snyder is, I mean, I love him like a son. He's freaking awesome. The kid is awesome. Uh, ever, he's, been, he's the nicest guy in the world, and his talent is out of control. But uh, it was kind of nice to see Gadsden with his story, with his father, with his injury past, um, get the title. Yeah, it was um... – I don't want to say it saved the finals, but the the finals needed that injection of energy. And I thought that was just so, I mean, man, just going for it. And he's been bombing dudes all year. It's not like that's an out-of-nowhere throw. Like, he's – I mean, Iowa State in general, those guys go for it, dude. That, I mean, they that's a team that pins a lot of people. And um, yeah. I kind of love it. I love a team that's like, hey, you know what? We can end this match. Why wrestle seven minutes when you can just stick somebody? And uh, Gadsden showed right. he was the best guy. We have 285 in the team race to get to. Uh, Nick Gwizdowski, completely, completely dominant. I, like, if he does it, there's a thread on the mat.com. Like, where does he fit in the all-time greats at heavyweight if he wins another title? And judging from what we saw um, two days ago, uh, <laughs> he's going to win another title. He, he in, in a weight class, in a weight class that's very deep and very good, Nick Wazdowski was head and shoulders better than everybody. Head and shoulders above. Um, and not just, he doesn't play the game. He shoots. He's he a, doesn't play the game. He's, he's an amazing, amazing finisher of leg attacks. I mean, I'll never, I'll never stop saying it. He goes head inside, head outside. Just so, so good there. Um, Thank you, Nick Wazdowski for not being a heavyweight that wins 2-1. Thank you for putting points on the board and, and having fun out there and scoring points. You poo-pooed me saying Kuhn could make the finals. I just want, I just I want to say it. I did say that. Adam Kuhn is still that, that dude. Uh, you can't win that many good matches and not have this capability was my only point. And I'm not saying he's, you know. Yeah, that scramble at that the Kuhn, end was crazy. I didn't think that Kuhn could win. I didn't think that Coons could win. I mean, could get to the finals. I'll be honest, um, because number one, it, it would have been a tough match with uh, Telford. Had Telford not wrestled un-Telford-like in the first round, weird. Um, and then McMullen, I thought, I thought McMullen would out-athlete him, 
but Kuhn won that scramble. So Kuhn's a freak uh, athlete. I think I think Kuhn is an underrated athlete. I mean, he doesn't do it like McMullen, but he can really move, and he's a lot bigger than a lot of guys. So um, it makes it tough. But man, did did Kwiatkowski pick him apart? I mean, I can't believe that's a one point match. We'll talk about that tomorrow. How that should not be a one point match. We'll get into that. Um, uh, a little bit about the team race, Christian. Uh, Ohio State does it. They have five guys, all American, and uh, three in the finals. Um, you know, it, and it goes back to elite level guys win the tournament, just like Penn State. Penn State won with just five um, All Americans a couple years ago, but all five were in the finals. And it seems like the elite athletes um, can pace you to a national title. Whereas, and I, and I said this on, on a, one of the shows last week, that Iowa had guys in the four to six range. Yeah. And I think that would hurt them. And, you know, odds are that one of those four to six guys were going to make the finals, and they really didn't. It was only Corey Clark that did. Um, here's, here's, so here, that here's kind where of you're played missing. out. Okay. Uh, but the – the stars do it, but how? Cl- I mean, Tomasello could have so easily lost that match. I mean, he won it. He was better. He was better than Alan Walker. But they were very close to having a lot of uh, third to six guys themselves, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Snyder. Yeah, but, yeah, Snyder could have lost. Point. Huh? That's my point. Okay. That's my point. Right, but it it wasn't like oh, it's star power versus because um, coming into it, it wasn't like Tom. Oh, Tomasello. He's got to be, he's got to win it. I mean, they're counting on that. That's what we're expecting. We weren't expecting that. We weren't expecting what he did. And some people maybe thought he could, but um, the my my point is, it was very close to them not having that. And um, you, you're right. Yeah, but you, it's always very close. It's always very close. Nico was very close to not being a finalist when Penn State had five finalists. Um, so I mean, you have to have that star power, but you also have to win close. You're never not gonna. You're, not, you're never going to have five guys that torch the field. Yeah. Um, I guess my, my point was Kyle – Snyder, Kyle Snyder and Nathan Tomasello are phenom, phenom recruits. Yeah. My and point was, you know, someone it, like – what, what were we saying coming into this tournament? We were saying Gilman, Tomasello meet again. It's Gilman. All, we're, we're taking Gilman. We've said that. So it's like Iowa had kind of this – they had the guys that could have made the finals and won the tournament. Um, yeah, but they – but they didn't. All right, so I guess I'm not sure if I'm making my point. My point being, yeah, I guess uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll get back to this. We're, it's 11:01. We've uh, we're gonna have to end this on me stumbling over right. my words. All right, one one last thing though. We have to hit. Okay. Uh, well, Edinburgh, amazing, gets third. But fourth, um, Missouri's Europe, Missouri assessment of the tournament. Um, I mean. Now it's what uh, it's kind of what you expected. It's not. Right. I thought they could have. I've been I I've been pumping the brakes, s- pumping the brakes since you know the scuffle and beyond. I I always recognize they were a very good team, but I thought this was kind of what they would be. Now you know if Waters wins and and Cox wins, it may, we view them differently. But I kind of always felt like they had three really really good guys, but the other guys I'm not sure that they would have what it takes to. To pick up the slack, and I was saying this after they beat Iowa at national duels, and I was saying it after the max, and I've been saying it. They kind of did how how I figured they would, uh, albeit losing some matches I didn't expect. All right, that's that. Um, and, and 
apologies because we could talk for days and we could hit a million different topics. But uh, we thought the right move was to recap everything and give our thoughts on each bracket and each of the dynamics of the weight classes. Uh, so that's what we did with show one. Um, and like we said, Tuesday and Wednesday, we will be back for Flow Radio Live, and you will get a little bit more of an editorial voice as far as um, our thoughts and uh, on tournament things, political things, uh, calls, and, and just different, different dynamics of the NCAA tournament. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. Christian. Yep, thanks a lot, guys. We'll see you next time tomorrow, 9 a.m. Central. Thanks.